Welcome back to a new episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast. We talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined as always by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello. Hi, hi. I almost forgot for a second what podcast I was recording. There was a bit of a there was a little bit of break before I continued. Um, I'm surprised you haven't messed up. I don't know if I think you've messed up once, but in hundreds of episodes, that's very impressive. Thank you. Uh, what's not impressive is what we're about to talk about, which is minutes <laughs> one seventeen to minute one twenty. Of this movie Gump. is less impressive. The this more this movie sucks. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. Yes, I'm very. This tired is this of is it. the worst. Uh, section yet absolutely joe it's terrible this is this movie like progresses the same way boomers aged and just gets worse and worse and worse (laughs) and becomes just a a parody i can't even see a parody of itself because it's not serious to begin with but when i think back to like the beginning of this movie it's like man was it this bad the whole time no is it is it like being in a pot where the of cold water that's brought to a boil and you don't even notice it getting hotter. Well, uh, this segment. Starts- I, I would I would also like to retract my statement that the John Lennon bit is the worst because this segment is <laughs> <Yes>. the worst. <laughs> it's- this four minutes, uh, minutes one seventeen through one twenty, starts with Forrest and his group of running marauders, and it ends with Forrest running away from the bus stop. A lot more running, which I remember we did Vietnam. You guys remember Vietnam? Um, that we talked about how long I, I of, wake I wake up at night screaming. <laughs> <laughs> how like how long the Vietnam section is, but how uh, how actually like really good the Vietnam section of the movie is. Uh, this is just this is running. There's way too much running. Yeah. Um, Cosine. Yeah. This is why I don't like long running times, huh, guys? Huh? Uh. <laughs> wow. So. All right, so gosh, let's just dive into this. Uh, but I guess before there's we nothing dive, to really dive into. Just before, <laughs> before we dive into too far, Joe, you did tease things last week. Breakups? Yes. Yeah, so I to make people deal with us talking about this garbage, they're waiting till the end of the episode till we get to it. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's when a breakup happens at the end. Yeah. Yep. At the end. Yeah. After it goes well, on too long. Well, okay. And and the, well, this this is another tease. Ideally. It's the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when that's, a how you, has, that's how you avoid these stories. When a, when a relationship has too long of a running time. Oh, here's a question. We've talked a lot about how this movie has potentially a, about 20 different endings. Yep. What if it just ended when he said, I think I'll go home now, and it just fades out? I mean, <laughs> I would rule. respect the flex on it. Yeah. That'd be great. Like all, all of a sudden, it's just like a, like a French New Wave film and just done and then yeah like at the end of like after a christopher nolan movie comes out and everyone likes to like isn't sure if the plot holes are intentional yeah to, like create ambiguity or if they're just bad writers <laughs> yeah and it'd be then everyone would be debating like why was he at the bus stop yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's interesting we'll, we'll was the bus we'll, stop heaven we'll we'll get to that because that's actually uh this movie could have maybe had an ending like that but let's get to let's get to the important historical stuff in this movie and uh <laughs> there's when, bumper oh, stickers yeah. <laughs> yeah what i guess there's one thing that was important when Forrest says that uh he's he's on the bench and he says that the 
the they say that he gave people hope. That's why he has all these people following him. Stupid. So then he gives some examples, I guess. He has two examples. Uh, the first uh, example is we have a man who he mentions is down on his luck. The man who is literally listed in the official cast as aging hippie. <laughs> <laughs> who? Really? Yeah, if, if you go to IMDb, that's his official His official title in the script is just Aging Hippie. He's dressed like Steve Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Uh, and this, this guy is asking him, I don't know, like he needs a bumper. I don't know what he's even asking no, he's, him. He, so I wrote this down. Okay. He's, in, he's in the bumper sticker business. The bumper sticker business! Which... I imagine is kind of like when someone tells you they're a writer because or they a have podcaster. because they have like a, a WordPress blog or something. Mm-hmm. There's here's one thing. Think about every and this is really a stretch here, so just bear with me till the end here. Okay. Think of any kind of series of stickers one puts on their bumper or like the rear window that's had any like cultural lastingness and i mm-hmm. that's what i meant you meant by be patient because obviously <laughs> i shouldn't really be using the word culture with that but so you have like calvin pissing on something <laughs> <laughs> yes is number one right undisputed yeah uh, i mean yeah because there's so it, many variations just, just yeah anything. i was gonna say just in terms of the the flexibility it has i mean yeah <laughs> okay so anyways so you have that one and you have like the, that stupid coexist bumper sticker. That's yeah, probably yeah. a more recent one. That's pervasive mm-hmm. and dumb. Uh, is I don't know that I've ever seen a <laughs> happens bumper sticker in the wild. No, I don't, I don't believe I, I have either. But, so, but, so but I'm, what fair, I'm trying to prove here is that there are stickers that are very popular and common, and everyone has seen. What What if somehow he had given the idea for Calvin peeing? <laughs> Yeah, well, and he pre- he predated Calvin and Hobbes just to. He's get pissing idea. on the grill of a Ford truck, and uh, <laughs> the guy's like, "Oh, what a great idea!" Um, this "Have a Nice Day" T-shirt. Uh, this is our connection to Titanic Minute, guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I did look up like what actually happened for b- both the <laughs> happens bumper sticker and "Have a Nice Day" T-shirt. Like when, like what's this history? It's not interesting. Um happens is essentially uh joe you may relate to this but um it was first observed in a phrase if they go back to like papers and stuff in 1964 but it was first in print when connie ebel had an annual list of catchphrases that her students at unc chapel hill used and it was in that list in 1983 okay uh and then have a nice day is like early 70s there was these brothers in philadelphia that had designed and sold products with the yellow smiley face and then they later on added "Have a nice day" to it. So, Did they actually make a lot of money? Did I have no idea how much either okay. anyone related to this made money on this. No idea. I have a um, just a couple uh, other random notes about this. These two horrible bits. Uh, <laughs> the guy who makes the smiley face "Have a nice day" shirt, yeah, um, says. Forrest, Forrest says this actually. He's like, well, he couldn't draw that well and he didn't have a camera. And that is huge white guy energy right there. Just to be terrible at something and, <laughs> yeah. not, and not have the equipment for it, but just keep pushing that dream. 
Uh, and the last thing I have is I was trying to decipher this uh, dude's hat, the second guy with the T-shirt, mm-hmm. and I could not figure it out. It says, caution, this hat, and then the word is either starts or stops. So this hat starts at every something. I think it's every bar. This oh. hat stops at every bar. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay. okay, I actually want that hat. <laughs> yeah, that's a good hat. Um, so we uh, finally we have Forrest. He stops running, which as as I'm like rewatching this, this is how it should have ended. Him just stopping. What does it mean? He stops in Monument Valley. Yeah, nothing. It just looks neat. <laughs> it does look neat. Um, so he goes home. He's and been. He, and let's just know he's been running for three years. Three years, two months, fourteen days, six hours. He's obviously sleeping. So, yeah, when he's tired, he slept. So, yeah, like, when he's hungry, he eats. And when uh, he had to go, he went. We, we should have seen more about all the weird motels Forrest slept at during his <laughs> three-year journey. Yeah, that's actually what I think about every time. Like, as if I watch this movie all the time, I'll never watch it again. But. uh <laughs> Like, is he just carrying around, like, stacks of hundred... Is that why his vest is so packed in that last scene? Because he just has yeah. tons of cash? Yeah, it's and just... this is this is pre, like, whenever your place took credit cards, so he has to have cash. Is, Was is he his... sowing his oats during this, this three-year run, do you think? Well, what else are you going to do when you get a hippie family like that? I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> he came off a breakup. There's ne- has there ever been a cult leader from that era that wasn't sleeping with like fifteen different like yeah under underage girls every every cult from that time and most religions were just about pussy <laughs> <laughs> except for us here uh, that's the whole point is it means nothing yes um so he stops running and uh i'm pretty tired i think i'll go home now and they they turn on him right away <laughs> yeah i like because I, I do kind of enjoy that well, because what do we do now got done saying like oh i guess i was you know uh i guess i gave people hope this guy's like well now what the hell am i gonna do <laughs> they're gonna now they're gonna shack up with david koresh or something oh there we go i probably did um so they were firebombed by the ATF ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back home to Alabama, and we see something on the TV that uh, I don't even know if it made the cut, but I had mistakenly made a bunch of notes about an assassination earlier when um, you you that got was the wrong you, one. you got all excited about Gerald Ford being shot, but uh, but now now you're at the the proper junction to use yes, your notes yes so the ronald reagan assassination attempt which is march 30th 1981 this is 69 days into reagan's presidency nice, nice. Mm-hmm. this is the washington hilton hotel and a gunman opens fire and one bullet hits james brady who was the white house press secretary um which it's funny how many uh <laughs> It's funny that uh, Reagan had one guy that stood in front of the fire for him, where our current president has had dozens of people for what <laughs> press secretaries take a bullet for him. Uh, and so the bullet had gone above his left eye, passed through his brain, and shattered his brain. Wait, cavity. what? I always thought I've never. I knew he was. There was an attempt. I didn't. Oh Christ! That dude was already like three sheets to the wind, brain-wise. <laughs> he was already disadvantaged. So t- he's not talking about Reagan. Yeah. Oh, James okay. 
No, his brain rotted from just age, not okay. from a bullet. His rotted from the inside out, okay. not <laughs> because of a bullet. Um, so the original reports were that James Brady had died, uh, but he didn't. Uh, and he survived, and he had slurred speech and partial paralysis, so he was in a wheelchair, a lot like Lieutenant Dan. Um, but slurred speech and partial paralysis, I feel like, kind of predicted the president, uh, Reagan, <laughs> towards the end of his administration. <laughs> Um, he was unable to work as the White House press secretary, but I do I do appreciate this, guys. But he remained in that position through the entire Reagan administration. So he never lost his job. They just had someone else do it. I mean, if someone literally takes a bullet for in you... The, in the <laughs> face! Yeah. yeah, you get to keep your job. Um, well, that's, you know, once you get into that world, like, you're always set up for life, you know? So here's the crazy thing, guys. He died... Uh, uh, when not, he was 73. Not too long ago, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was in the aughts sometime. I don't entirely know, remember when. Um, here's the thing, though, guys. When he died, the coroner ruled the death a homicide. <laughs> From the gunshot wound. What, 30, 20 years, years later? Thir- yes. So, wow. John Hinckley, who is the gunman, that's a homicide on his record, um, he's a famous uh, would-be assassin. He's a he's a character. Yes, he was obsessed with Taxi Driver and most notably Jodie Foster. Um, hey, we all were back then. Uh, John, if you're <laughs> listening, uh, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity, and he is out and about now, so he could be listening to us. Well, this, um, if, this... if he wants to cure that Jodie Foster obsession, just watch Nell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you probably you probably heard her now. What, what can we say? The system works. <laughs> uh, so, in addition to Taxi Driver, wasn't he also another catcher in the rye nut? Mm, like Mark David Chapman? I don't know for sure if he was. He did, but like he was a big time stalker of Jodie Foster. So he moved to New Haven, Connecticut and stalked her when she was there at Yale. He'd leave poems and messages under her door. Dear uh, Nell. And he <laughs> and he, he originally targeted Jimmy Carter, but was never successful and then eventually went after Reagan. So it wasn't a political thing for him in any way. So here we go. This is, it turns uh, out he could just smell that Reagan was sick and was trying to put him down. <laughs> it was a mercy kill. God, I went into this and I was like, Joe, just don't say anything about Reagan. Uh, gonna, so this get in trouble for from, sure. From Wikipedia, after John Hinckley Jr.'s assassination attempt, police found Catcher in the Rye in his hotel room. Okay. Hinkley yeah, there's like a ton of people, right? Hinkley yeah, later admitted to being an admirer of Mark David Chapman and studying his attempt on John Lennon. So there's a lot of meta stuff happening. Yeah, here. there is. Um, Remember when Jared Leto got really fat to play Mark David Chapman in like that Oscar bait movie? Yes. No one remembers this. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. That's why like, it's so funny because he thought he was going to, it was like his raging bull and it was in theaters a hot week and because he's <laughs> and because he's all method he wouldn't do a fat suit so he actually gained like 80 pounds or something i had no idea about this yeah um so uh one thing that came out of all this is in 1993 the brady handgun act was put into law that essentially required background checks um Boo. so this is what freedom I think is freedoms this is what i think is wild so gun violence um and it was pretty, cured forever. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. big deal in this country. So this bill 
only goes in like 12 years <laughs> after the uh an attempted assassination of Republican president. Yeah. Uh and you know someone gets shot the, the speaker, not the speaker, I'm sorry. The uh press, press secretary gets shot in the face. 12 years later we're finally like, "Okay, Maybe we should do something Look, about that. We well, are, I mean, a, a congresswoman got shot in the head like I know. What, ten years. You know, like they don't they, they don't care. I mean, we're it, also still working on uh, making lynching a federal crime, but yes, uh, Rand Paul's holding that up. Yes, um, but like it's wild to me that you know this is still the only. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the only federal law that restricts guns in any way. That's yeah. still in place. Yeah, because the assault weapons ban expired. Yes. This is it. This is the only one. Uh, and it's because, like I said, uh, the the speaker... Jeez, no, I don't know why I see speaker. The press secretary of Republican president was shot in the middle of an assassination attempt. And then 12 years later... <laughs> no, see, Republican speakers of the House, they molest kids. Yeah, <laughs> The right. press secretaries are the ones that get shot in the head. <laughs> so, yeah. There's the... Uh, James Brady and uh, Hinckley. Fascinating. That's why in movies before the nineties, you just go into a shop and get a gun. Like that's why yeah. they tell. That's why they don't tell the Terminator he needs to wait five days. <laughs> that's. <laughs> and you still only need them for handguns too. I mean, you can go buy a shotgun and walk out with it. Right. Every day. Yeah. Or, or a rifle. What yeah. a what a country. It's it's wild. I have to get medication for my son, and I have to go through more hoops every 30 days for that than if I just bought a gun every 30 days, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Um, yep. So while he's watching this, the reason Forrest is watching this is Jenny sends him a letter with, with uh, you know, Forrest's black servant hands to him. <laughs> um, how long ago had she sent this letter? Like, it, like. Because he's Ooh, been gone good, for three years. Good question. She sent that letter in like 1978. Well, <laughs> she she says I got I picked grab the mail, so I, it's implied that she got it that day. I suppose, and or he's maybe... all cleaned up, so it's well after he's done with okay. his run. Was all she right. still getting paid while Forrest was out in his fun run for three years? <laughs> this, I'm this, guessing this he had lady? someone take care of the money stuff for him. Lieutenant Dan was grifting it all off. Oh, uh, maybe maybe he just. Yeah, maybe Lieutenant Dan was looking after the place. Um, I know we have a lot to cover uh, today, but now we have the moment at the at the, the, the bus stop where the, the bathrobe lady at the bus stop tells him <laughs> that he only has to walk five blocks for a place. There's no reason to wait. Moron. Now we are at, like, regular time, right? We've caught up. Yep. In the original script, there it was all at the bus stop. There was no, like, catching up, and, and so he just told the whole story at the bus stop. Um, so meeting Jenny, so he, he does meet done. Jenny and I think Jenny still dies in the original one, but it all happens in the past. Did he just leave the kid at home alone while he went to the <laughs> bus stop? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, so I have a lot of issues with this and it's made me think first off, how does Forrest not know this vital piece of information that he's only five blocks away from seeing Jenny, the dude ran across America like four times. You would think he has some idea of how far and close things are. Yeah. Well, it says he just grabs that bus and goes to a certain street. That doesn't mean you know how far away the street is. How sure are we? 
Oh, God. That Forrest is telling any amount of truth at this bus stop. Ooh. This is the same guy. So Forrest is an unreliable narrator, you're saying? I would say he is. No one knows who he is. He should be the most famous person in the history of America. Well, he shows that guy or lady himself on the cover of a magazine. And it looked Photoshopped, didn't it, Joe? Well, yeah, well. So okay, so ignoring the Photoshop thing, let's just say that we know for sure that Lieutenant Dan exists. And that How? F- the magazine, idiot. I just said so. Oh, okay. I said discounting your photoshop theory which i don't really i mean i guess <laughs> well but anyway so we know lieutenant dan is real we know jenny's that, real and that he's no we don't yet we know because that's if he's truly and i'm i'm engaging with your theory i'm saying if if he is maybe an unreliable narrator he has literal proof of lieutenant dan and that he is famous enough to be on fortune magazine mm-hmm. so that's all we know is true that is all we know it's true up to this point. Yes. yes. Well, we do. See, but what about this? We do see that scene of Jenny seeing him on TV running. That's just him telling a story of yeah, Jenny seeing him on TV. Running. Yeah, but like, I don't. So then he's weaving he, a tail. He's he's telling a yarn. Yeah. There's no reason we should assume he's being honest on most of the stuff. But what's the reason to believe he's lying? He doesn't know better. Uh, well, no, other than just wanting to fill podcast content. Because it makes, the reason it, makes it interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, let's, let's just I think it makes a... it less interesting because then it makes the movie smarter than it is. I let's, think let's... I think Forrest is going to pull a John Hinckley Jr. on Jenny when he gets to our house. <laughs> Jenny's never met Forrest before. Let's... Well, I go five blocks that way and I slide a poem under her door. <laughs> <laughs> let's just see what happens from this on. Because everything that we see from him running away from the bus stop on is no longer forced narration, but us watching him do mm-hmm. something, right? So we can see how things line up based off what his stories are. Uh, how about this? He actually gets hit by that car <laughs> or truck oh, or whatever he, That almost is. hits him when he runs away from the bus stop? It's, yeah. It's and then Joe everything Black. after that. <laughs> yeah. It was a banana truck. <laughs> the truck that that killed his dad finally came back to finish the job. <laughs> Duel. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, um, that's where the segment ends. Duff, I know you have the last musical notes of this movie. We have the last two songs because Joe kind of hit on this earlier. Like every boomer, their brain shuts off in 1980, and there's nothing new <laughs> after that. <laughs> Uh, hmm. So our first song in the entry of, well, of course they were going to pick that song, is On the Road Again. <laughs> uh, Sweet Willie. I, from, yeah, I love, Willie Nelson's great, but I never have to hear that song again. Yep. Uh, the song 1980 from the soundtrack album Honeysuckle Rose, which is a movie Willie Nelson starred in. This movie has... <laughs> been lost to time uh but yeah um so yeah the song number one on the country charts and number seven on the adult contemporary charts uh obviously cc baby obviously this has been used and parodied in a zillion different things uh my personal favorite i saw though is in 1981 there was an alvin and the chipmunks album that covered this and the album was called urban chipmunk (laughs) <laughs> and back God. then that was a play on urban cowboy because at yeah. first i was right i'm like oh no is this gonna be like 
rap parodies or something. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So a uh, good song. It's a good song. Yeah. It's like Joe said. I'm. Uh, Willie's great. I'm. I don't need this song anymore. Yeah, that's fair. And then there's another banger on this too. Yeah, we uh, we got Bob Seger, "Against the Wind." Against the wind. Uh, from the 1980 album, the same name, uh, reached number five on the Hot 100 that year. Please, please weigh in with your Bob Seger thoughts, guys. I Bob Seger is. I have a couple times listened to a couple of his albums, and I've enjoyed them. And like every Bob Seger song I've heard, I've always enjoyed. So I'm pro Bob Seger, but I cannot say I'm a Bob Seger fan. That makes sense. I uh, I've only heard the singles, and I don't believe in guilty pleasures. You just like what you like. But uh, like everything about me <laughs> seems like I should hate Bob Seger. I've never heard a Bob Seger song I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will go on record. I think he's underrated. Okay. Uh, oh th- wow! I, the, and, the, the trio comes together. Duff moves. So. <laughs> Night moves rules. That yeah, sounds awesome. Is awesome. Uh, I think yeah. I think he gets uh he doesn't get his due because of uh um old time rock and roll, which is terrible. Oh yeah, that song does. Okay, yeah. there's one song. But, I hate but, that song. But the thing is, like that's the I think I've heard like it's the biggest jukebox song ever and everyone's heard it a million times and it sucks. Yeah. But the bad. rest but I've heard like I've I had the two greatest hits CDs and I've listened to like the Night Moves album and I haven't listened to this one but yeah if you don't pick up that Bob Seger greatest hits and there's at least four or five songs where you're into it you're you're dead inside these yeah. got a lot of great hits and I'm glad yeah. I'm glad we can all agree around Bob Seger yeah and Willie Nelson yeah. Yeah, look at that. I, We're I ending think, on a positive note with the you music. You know, Michigan is kind of low-key, maybe not even low-key, but just a lot of great musicians come out of Michigan. I mean, Motown alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, well, yeah, but I mean, even yeah, I, you I, got, mean, I mean, even post-Motown. Uh, yeah. Outside of that. Uh, didn't uh, the White Stripes White come Stripes. from Detroit? Eminem. Uh, Iggy Pop. That's and, right. the, yeah. and the Stooges, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I feel and like, the MC5 came from Michigan too. I don't yeah, know. I even feel like there's one I'm missing that's from there. But um, I think Bob Seger. I agree with you, Joe. Like on paper, I'm like, oh, this this dude. I should hate this dude. But I part of it is, I think he does the work, man. Like he's he's not phoning it in. And mm-hmm. I usually hate nostalgia in songs, but I think bob Seeger's really really good at proper nostalgia where it has a melancholy to it yeah like glory days you know yeah like, and everyone ever makes fun of him calls him like bob Seegerstein, and i i really don't see that yeah i see it a little bit i mean they're obviously to it's some about, extent cut from the same the cloth but i i don't really think that their music is nearly as similar as people say it so I think we've kind of gotten. Do you guys have anything else on this uh, four minutes before we get into what, what we Joe's promised? <laughs> no breakup uh, stories. Well, Joe, since you you started this uh, prompt up, I think you should have to start this. Yeah. Well, we, we uh, I shouldn't say we've all had someone walk out on us before, but but it's 
I would, is it safe to say 99% of the population, 95, Most 90? people have experienced heartbreak. Yeah. And, uh, so we, I thought we'd, we could riff. I think Forrest handles it extremely well. He just goes out for a run for three day, three years. Yeah. <laughs> but he Look, never... if you have the resources. <laughs> there's there's only one way to embarrass yourself post-breakup. Post and there's I shouldn't say only one way. Yeah, there's I many there's ways. There's many way. ways. <laughs> but there's one common denominator that touches on all of them. And it, invol- it involves making contact with or mentioning in any way the person who broke up with you. Anything else you do is maybe unpleasant, uh, is maybe not you in your finest moment, but I would not say it's shameful and embarrassing. So if you you know, go on a, a two-week bender and you cry a lot or something, like most of that's going to happen alone and in your apartment or whatever, called, and that's fine. It's called winter. It's between you and God. Yeah, it's exactly the, between you and the creator, whatever it, it hurts, and and there's no shame in, in losing it for a while. But the every bad thing that you could do always comes back to you made contact with that person. And I've said this, I believe, on on a podcast before, and I'm not the first person to say it either. When someone breaks up with you, you treat them as if they're they're deceased, they're dead, and that's yeah. the only like proper way to deal with it that will lead to you never having to worry about embarrassing yourself if you just act as if they're dead you'll be fine so it so, was really weird for james cameron when his ex-wife <laughs> won best director over him at the oscars yeah like i mean that's 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 why like it should be jarring and unpleasant I thought she when, was you, dead! when you run into them in real life it should be like you saw a ghost it should be that jarring if if it isn't jarring that means you've been looking at pictures of them on facebook or something just disgusting and shameful like that. It should be like seeing a ghost. Am I? Are you guys with me on that? Yeah. Well, I think the most embarrassing thing I ever did is someone moved away, and I think so. The, what's the the right thing to do? Like they're moving, it's over. The right thing to do is be like, okay, bye. Yes, that is the right thing to do. Uh, that's not what I did. I think, and this this is not me when I was 15. I was older than that. Old enough to know better. I was an adult. Yep. Technically. I, I made them a mix CD for yes. their drive out to where they were moving to. Yes. Just the most beta energy I've ever put <laughs> into the world. Could you tell us that. at least one song? I tried. <laughs> I tried to remember um, some of the songs. And I, I was it the Forrest Gump soundtrack? <laughs> yes, it was all the song. I just put all the songs Forrest ran to on repeat. Now that would have been funny, and I'd say, yeah, I should have done that. It, it could be like a Zemeckis mixtape, and it was just the Doors' first album. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, that that's one that I'm sure when Duff tells the story, some more will pop in my head. So maybe I'll give some bonus stories. But that I mean, would you agree that that's that the beta energy there is it's, so powerful it could I, put out the, it could blot out the sun. It's, it's a, relatable. It's a big mood. Um, <laughs> it's relatable. So it's like a high fidelity move for someone who thinks that character is a good person. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so mine takes place in high school. Um. This would have Where been... Where nothing but embarrassing things happen. Yeah. In so your defense. This was... Uh, I'll set the stage. Um, my... 
I went out in your band outfit. I no. <laughs> uh, it didn't. So first of all, uh, I was going out with my girlfriend who was one grade older than me, and we were both drum majors. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Well, she couldn't find guys her own age that were the right size. So she, you knew at the bo- <laughs> you had the hulking body of a thirty-five-year-old. I could buy her cigarettes. <laughs> So, so I, you know, everyone is, and I was also very stupid and immature and whatever in high school, but I was also for, I was pretty mature given that I was an adult by like age 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, my (laughs) girlfriend was, uh, we went out, uh, for just over a year. Okay. Which in which in high school that's like decades of marriage. That's a long and time. this was what about six years after you used that carnival machine to wish you were big. <laughs> God damn you! The dub side. So Zoltar. So we, yeah, Zoltar. I went to Zoltar. <laughs> I was actually just four years old, but I. <laughs> uh, she graduated high school. And I was going into senior year. And speaking of uh, like big high fidelity energy, I did the thing where, you know, we'd never really like, oh, are we going to stay together when you go to college or blah, blah, blah. And I like 0.1% of the population does that successfully. But when you're young, you're like, well, let's give it a shot. But me in in my brain is like, no, you should end it so you don't get hurt later. Mm. So I did that. And it was uh, a sad breakup when you're 17 going on 18. Now, yeah. now here's here's where I prove Joe 100% right in that that person should be dead to you afterwards. Um, we did the, okay, well, we'll still be, let's remain friends at least for the summer and going forward because we had all the same friend circles and whatnot. So, uh oh, I don't like where this is going at all. So, at the end, uh, we were, you know, it was awkward, it was weird, but uh, again, teenagers are young and emotional and stupid. So, unlike us adults. <laughs> so, unlike, so, sorry, so that summer, uh, there was a camping trip. And, oh, no. and you didn't bring your guitar, did you? No. So, through. <laughs> Some magic that I still do not understand. All of our parents were like, yeah, these nerds can go camping. They're not going to do anything. <laughs> uh, so it was like a mix of people, like a handful were still in high school, but no one was older than 19 just going to a campground. And of course, KOA? no, it was not a KOA. It was okay. a campground <laughs> where we could be hidden. And so we're on this trip and uh, my now ex-girlfriend but still friend is there um and she at this time was a non-drinker she's a teetotaler may may i jump in with a quick question Uh uh-huh how long has it at this when this takes place how long had it been since you broke up oh good question uh probably like two two and a half months okay okay so so now we're on this camping trip and she and maybe one other person out of a group of a dozen are the only people staying sober uh, to watch over the group. I was not that other person. <laughs> so um, alcohol is being ingested. 
uh, marijuana is being consumed. I was 17 and my parents, for some reason, let me go to a campground with my dumb friends and things are coming out. Uh, so I, at one point, did the, I don't know why I broke up with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. So I did that and did the, I'm still in love with you. I don't know why I broke up with you, but, I'll, but also, <laughs> so, you know, there's just incoherent rambling. Mm-hmm. Did Raw that. emotion. Raw emotion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The ten, pure duff. <laughs> maybe <laughs> ten to twenty minutes later, um, I went to some of the uh, two other women, young, oh, no. young young ladies on this camping trip. And again, this is very blurry, but uh, I know I told at least one of them that I loved them. Uh, they <laughs> were, and they were very drunk too. So we're all just kind of like slurry and joking around. At one point, um, so this is where maybe the most sad part of the story, but I'll let you guys judge at the end. So I say, you guys should make out. You guys should kiss. Oh, no. <laughs> and luckily they did not smack me. Did They, they did not hurt me. Um, they're just like, no, we're not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, you guys really should. So Oh, that's I, convincing. So now here's the kicker. Uh, I took out my wallet. Oh, no. Oh, no, you think you know where this is going, but you don't. You showed him your driver's license that you were only 12. <laughs> I'm a police officer. Now kiss. <laughs> uh, I pulled out, like, what was in my wallet was probably, I, I want to say it's less than, it was like $4. Like, <laughs> And so I said, if you guys do not kiss, I'm going to throw this money in the fire. You idiot. <laughs> Absolute moron. <laughs> so you all you thought I was you thought I was gonna pay them, but no, no jokes you're on you. Better than that. You're smarter I, than that. I, Chess I, first checkers here. I outsmarted them and in my my blood alcohol was probably above fifty percent at this point. <laughs> and so I I was like waving it around like a madman, like I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna throw it in the fire. Um eventually I did burn the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's illegal yes so this is the part of the story where things get really really hazy and blurry i know i was laying on my back at one point just like singing into the the sky mm-hmm. um, i would give anything to know what you were singing uh f- fast forward when i finally go into uh the tent we a lot of us were in this big like one of those army tents where like 10 people can go inside sure i was on the the very end away from the door flap uh in the night i threw up all over myself and then <laughs> yes. just and then just turned over and slept in it for the rest of the the <laughs> evening um pretty yeah this was the one time where i blacked out the only time in my life i've blacked out uh, the next day, I had the shakes for like four hours. Just oh boy, so that's that's pretty good, Duff. <laughs> she was some... probably so jealous. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I feel really bad. You burned that money." Yeah, four. Do we like today? Like the next morning, we're like, "Well, we all kind of chipped in and we got you four dollars." <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I don't have. 
I don't have a breakup story necessarily, but I do have a story that is pathetic and related to this that um, is also in high school. And I, uh, when I was going into my senior year, I had become, I had befriended, if you will, a, uh, uh, a young lady who was a year younger than me. And we had started talking and then we kind of moved talking to hanging out and she like invited me over to her house a couple, like a couple, like a couple times and we hung out there sometimes alone, but I was 0% self-esteem, terrified to do anything, terrified to try anything. And then that summer is when I went out, as you guys know, to, uh, to do my NASA internship. Space <laughs> camp. In, yep. And when I left, we had kind of agreed to, like, keep in touch. Now, little backstory. She had been dating another guy from my grade who – backstories on, like, personalities. She was a very good-looking, popular girl. She was dating in my grade for uh, – up until that point, a very good-looking, popular guy. So everything was working out the way it should. And then you insert me, awkward, well-liked, goofy guy. She went uh, poverty slumming, as it were. (laughs) And so they had broken up, and then we had sort of, like, hanging out and talking. And then I I went to NASA, and we continued this correspondence like there were daily emails i was gonna say did you have electronic mail at this point there was email there was phone calls um i remember while i was out in virginia uh i like went and like bought like gifts that i was gonna like give her when i got back and then about a week so i was probably gone for like 10 weeks or so for about eight or nine weeks we're talking all the time and then suddenly correspondence stopped Hmm. did the old boyfriend come back the old boyfriend came back guys and i just remember having this like box of stuff i was gonna give her (laughs) oh no uh and these emails that like by the way i still have (laughs) these these small mammal bones that you had you had carved (laughs) i have i still have access to the email account probably that i wrote all these emails and i will never go back and look at that i just cannot oh God, no ever know what i wrote in no. those you should um, uh much like they should be a ghost to you those emails uh just to your mind the mailer demon got them those emails i should do to those emails that you did to those four dollars yes <laughs> um and so I, you know once i stopped hearing from her i kind of talked to friends back home and they kind of like oh yeah i think they're back to get you know the rumor mill i was heartbroken I uh, came back home uh, for my senior year. Uh, interactions had essentially stopped at that point. I was also aware enough to know this is on me for literally <laughs> never trying to move anything beyond, like, let's talk a lot. <laughs> um, so to kind of, like, add some more drama to it, uh, the senior class play was cast, and me and her now boyfriend were cast as the leads. What play? It was like a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe stuff. It was like I, the one of the Edgar Allan Poe stories. We were like wow. detectives. In the it. cask of Amontillado would have been perfect for yes, this. Yes, that's what it was. Oh, really? Did yes. you get to lock him behind the wall? Um, I don't remember any of it, to be honest. Um, and 
it was a tough moment, tough time. And I remember I just, during that time, silently refused to ever run. We never ran lines or rehearsed together. <laughs> like, the only time we ever did the play was, like, rehearsal. and we'll do like, it live. And, like, when it was live, we just kind of, like, and I would sit there with, like, my friend or another friend in the play, like, and I'd be reading lines, and I would see, like, him across the gym reading lines with that girl. Tough times, man. A lot of pathetic beta boy energy for me the whole time. I wish so, that I wish that you'd screwed up the play because you refused to rehearse with that guy. Uh no, I'm I'm a professional, Duff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, not a breakup, but I mean, like I said, pathetic. It, it's beta, the s- same vibe. Heartbreak, but just I was just humiliation. Uh, you know, humiliation internally, the worst of it. Do you th- do you think your most embarrassing moments like? What produce which emotion produces more embarrassing moments? I guess like loneliness or most more most more embarrassing behaviors. I guess loneliness or anger. Oh, anger for sure. Yeah, I really, think uh, I think loneliness is a delivers embarrassing decisions that are just so much more pure and difficult to look at. I think, but they're your decisions. Anger normally. It includes others. Ain't, ain't, it's I mean, there there's a reason that like the the Incredible Hulk that he can't control Bruce Bruce Banner can't control him. Like that's anger, loneliness is you you know it might be sadder, but again, it's usually harnessed inward, and you stay at home and with your shame. Yeah, your your shame is your partner. Anger, that's when you just start doing like your fight or flight kicks in yeah like yeah loneliness is just an ever-burning ember where like <laughs> anger is someone just sprayed gasoline and there's a big flame up hmm. maybe um guys do you have anything else we've gone very long but yeah. talking about the worst four minutes of this movie but we provide the content yeah, I mean the worst four minutes so far. I, for all we know, it could get worse. I don't really remember, so. remember. I think uh, it's just sad for the rest of the way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. At least, <laughs> at least for the rest of the movie, as I recall, it successfully manipulates my emotions. Whereas this is just stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Well, thanks for sharing all the stuff, listeners. Uh, go to our Facebook group and tell us about your pathetic moments in your life we would oh I, I remember one i once started crying when i went to pick up a drill from an ex that i lent one to that's pretty <laughs> embarrassing if we want to end the episode on a laugh <laughs> yeah yeah that's Pro- proud of you for getting that drill though there we go yeah, yeah. well it was i don't want to buy a new drill yeah, yeah i mean listen it was a good bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was hoping <laughs> happy the days while i'm ending Till once more they ride high